Yo, thank you so much for tuning in to Music Marvels with the Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson right here on Grander Radio. We appreciate you, and uh, we're just looking forward to this show we got coming up. Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? I'm totally excited about this and cannot wait. Yes, yes. So, you know, we've got another dynamic interview lined up for you. We have Coco Butterfly with us, and, uh, you know, we just can't wait for you to pick up what she's putting down. Oh, Coco Butterfly. Oh, my God. Hey, it's going to be the jam. It's going to be the jam. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So, you know, before we dip into it, we're going to play some, some music, some beats produced by yours truly. So, uh, you know, if there's anything that you're interested in, make sure that you check me out at achickwithbeats.com. Yep. All right, here we go.
Marvels with a Chick Would Be show. If you're involved with the music industry, hey, we bring some impactful information to you that in addition to the great guests, in addition to the great beats, this is impactful educational music information that you don't hear anywhere else. We're going to teach you, we're going to show you, and so you need to be locked in each and every Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on Grander Radio.
right. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have the one, the only dynamic vocalist, Coco Butterfly, on the line with us. How you feeling? I'm fucking I'm good. How y'all doing? <laughs> we good. We're excited to have you in the virtual building. So, you know, just a little background for our listeners. You know, just let them know, like, who is Coco? Like, what you got going on? And, you know, all that good stuff. What inspires you to start with music and do everything that you do? Okay, and I'm, I'm going to try not to bore y'all. <laughs> I've been doing <laughs> Never this since that. I was nine. So, I've been singing since I was nine, and I started singing professionally. Oh, I was in a service, and I decided after I got out the service, I was going to pursue trying to sing in live bands. Mm. But that wasn't working because I had two school-age children and I was going through a divorce. Um, so it was kind of hard to gig. And I was still young then. And when you were working with a band and you're a woman, mm. you have to have your head on straight, especially when you're young. And the funny thing about one of my first band experiences is that it was me and another girl with a band called... Um, Oh God! Uh, uh, I can't remember. But it was they were from Pontiac, and my girlfriend had met with one of the guys, and uh, she scratched up his car. So they mm. put us both out the bed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it put us both out. They said we don't need you or her, and that was a lesson. That was a lesson to me. Um, to maybe because I had nothing to do with it, but I think what it was. They didn't want the drama that came with it. Mm. So I, after after that happened, I said, you know what? Well, let, let me let me get my feet wet a little more, and, and and let me learn a little more about the industry and and you know being in a band and everything. So um, I started um, just kind of going around town, listening to music. I was I was in a rock band. Um, I was I was feature. Um, with different bands, you know, throughout town, because I'm from Pontiac, mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got into the Detroit hip hop. I was singing with a group called It Individuals Together, and I met a DJ. Well, I knew her. Her name was DJ Mel Wonder. She's a DJ from Detroit. And mm-hmm. she said to me one day, she said, I have this friend that has a record label, and you have a big voice, dynamic voice. I want to introduce you to him. Um, he and I said okay. So he she introduced me to Frank Rains. He is the owner of Funk Mac Records. And mm. if people don't know this about me, I do forty five. I do vinyl albums, mm. a record. So he um, she introduced me to him. I sang for him. He said, and I said, well, well, you know, I have a group. He said, I don't want the group. I just want you. Wow. So I was like, hey, kill the girls. <laughs> So what ended up happening was uh, one of the girls was pregnant. My friend Mo wanted. Um, she now um, she sings with Icewear Diesel and a lot of other people in throughout Detroit. And the other girl's friend that we sung with she had a beautiful voice, like a Minnie Ripperton type of voice. She would just go for this mm-hmm. here, so she could care less anyway. So <laughs> I started working with the band Will Sessions. Um, I, I would feature with them on Funk Nights. And if you never heard, Funk Night is this party that they would have in Detroit. Um, and they would go to different locations and they would spend finals all night. It was one of the, voted like one of the best parties in the United States. 
Um, and you would dance all night and have a good time, and people would smoke weed and drink and just act ridiculous and go home later on. <laughs> um, so I started, you know, I would sing with them, and then one day the band leader Sam Bobby and said, "Hey, I'm doing this project with Elzai. Have you heard of Elzai?" I'm like, "Who has heard of Elzai? Like, you serious?" He said, he said, "Could you please?" He said, could you come and do some vocals? He said, was we doing the, the he said, you heard a Nas, Illmatic? Yeah, who has it? He said, where are we doing it with Elzai? And it's going to be called Illmatic. He said, I just need you to do all the vocals. We're doing everything just like the album, except he's going to change his lyrics, but you're going to do everything like the woman singing in the sample. So, as I, I was saying earlier, I don't even remember the session. I remember drinking wine. And I remember a month <laughs> later, I remember everybody calling me and blowing me up and saying, girl, I heard that. You know, they tell me they, tell me they heard the album. And it was so bad that I had to call my boyfriend to ask him, what did I say? You know what I'm supposed to do? I said, I can't remember it. And so here, and, and let me tell you sometimes how we are pessimistic, pessimistic and we think the worst. The day before that release party, there was an article in the Metro Times, okay? It had mm -hmm. the band on it. It had Elzai, and they talked about this night that they're going to have. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in my basement with my boyfriend and my friend Spot, who was another artist in Detroit. Um, shut up, 38 Flavors. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember him telling me that the guy who managed Elzai, he went to school with him. And I remember being in my basement whining about them not asking me to be in the in the show. How dare them? I, I saw for free. Hey, they couldn't even ask me to do it. Yeah. I, was, I was very salty. That next morning, I woke up I had a voicemail that said, Hi Coco, this is Elzai's manager. We would like for you to come down and we would like for you to sing the vocals mm. during the show tonight. Man. There you go. That is how I got into um, Detroit music scene. That is how I started working with Sunday Night Records, and that's how I started um, getting more fans. Mm. And that mm. night, the great thing about it was, Elzai said to me, he pulled me over and said, I need you to do something. He said, do you know the words to Memory Lane? I said, yeah. He said, can you sing the very beginning of it? He said, but I want you to hit that last, um, uh, when she hit that uh, last note, I want you to hit it. You don't have to hit it as high as her. I just want you to sing it. And I told him, absolutely not. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this. No. And he said, he said, you can do it. And and I did. And what he did was, he gave me a spotlight. And that was more, worth more to me. Because in front night, you have like, it could be between 500 to like 1,000 and over people. He gave mm. me a, a, a platform, mm. and after that, everybody was trying to work with me. It was it was cool. It was a good time in my life. It it was it was quick. It was overwhelming at times. It was exciting because I had never been the center of I'd never been the center of attention like that, and right. it was overwhelming for me. And um, thanks to Frank Rains, who I still work with to this day, um, he is the one who would rally for me. To um, be up front, he rallied for me to for people to hear me, and he started mm. making 45 featuring me, and that mm. allowed me to 
get my music out because we work with a lot of people overseas. So I started doing things and it became international for me. Mm. You know, that's a heck, that's a, a heck of a start right there. Um, it's very interesting and very uplifting. So, you know, for the masses that are out there hearing you right now, um, that's a, an inspiration. And, you know, so that's your way, your action of saying, hang in there. You may run into a disappointment here or there. You got to change plans or you got to step back and regroup and keep going, keep the momentum going. Then boom, here's what can happen when you assert yourself. And, uh, because when you assert yourself, people notice. And obviously the right people notice this time. So, hey, that's, that's a great thing. Well, let me say this too. One of the biggest things that I had to deal with when I was, cause the band that I sung with are known, they're eight young men from Wayne State. Mm. I was, they were all Caucasian. Well, they were, they were not of us. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I was concerned about, and one of the things as a female singer, you're concerned about is being labeled a diva. Mm-hmm. And because I am this strong-minded black woman, I think sometimes they were, concerned that I was going to act that way and I really struggled with trying to get them to understand I just want to sing I'm not here to try to to make demands that's not how I I, I flow I just wanted to sing so it was there are challenges especially when you're a woman Uh, especially I mean with the genre of music that I do my aesthetic doesn't mean a lot um, mm-hmm. Because we know with funk, you had Charles Bradley, you had Sharon Jones. Mm-hmm. But when I was in my younger years, wanted to do R&B, it was a little different. Mm-hmm. So it's like I didn't have to worry about that challenge about, about oh, you're this, you're that, you got to be this big, you got to be, you know, we want to lose weight, we want you to change your hair. I didn't have to worry about that. But what I did have to worry about was people assuming, and that was mm-hmm. tougher than that. That was probably one of the tougher aspects of me working with this band. Um, because they had no idea. I, I was nothing that they thought I was. So moving forward, um, working with this record label, I, I've worked with Will Sessions for about two years. I did a song called Boss Lady, which I absolutely hated when I first heard it. <laughs> what, and let me tell you why. When I was a child, by the, by the time we started listening to James Brown. This was about when James Brown was kind of like in his living in America, when he was wilding out. Y'all remember mm. the days when he was mm-hmm. driving trucks <laughs> and on, on TV high and all that? So <laughs> when they asked me to sing this song, they said, we want you to sing it and we want you to sing it. Give it like like James Brown would do it. I'm like, I don't know. It was like, you can do it. <laughs> and when I sung it, I didn't like it because I felt like I'm yelling. Mm. That song sold out within days. Yeah. There is a... It's crazy, right? There's a market. Yeah. And it's called Funk. It, 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 it's the old school funk. So if you hear my music, you're going to think about Black Dynamite. You're going to think of Black exploitation Because mm-hmm. the, the music that we do, it, it's very old school. And it's like when you go to a party in the basement when they had the red light on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you take it a little bit further to like the 80s when people were breaking, uh, mm-hmm. break dancing and everything, mm-hmm. and they were doing the songs with the breaks. 
that's what we do. Mm. There's something that's historic about your voice, but also modern in the same instance. So, so like it, it's something that reminds you of the past, but it sounds very present day. And I'm assuming that that's why it sold out well, so fast because it's something that's missing right now. So, but you're providing that's that. Interesting. That is so interesting. I have been told that because I can, I can, I can do different genres of music. Mm. I can, I can take it down, but I've got known for doing the big voice. But it's mm. interesting because I work with people that are younger than my my children. I have. Wow. Wow. I, I'm not gonna say I'm all my children are because y'all, y'all gonna be in my business. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I, <laughs> I, I work with rappers that are young. Um, and you would a lot of them use my voice because it does have that gospel, but a lot of them use it too because I can flip it and I can mm. I can come down to what they need. Um, I don't just I, I try to be versatile and I've always done that because it's always awarded me to actually work more. Mm. Um, yeah. and I you, you know, you and, and if you want to work in this industry if you want if you're in music and you want to work you truly have to evolve and one of the issues i used to have a couple years ago when all the new rappers started coming out a lot of the people that i was surrounded by who were engorged in hip-hop you know it old mm. what we grew up with they right. complained about it so they are mumbling they're this they're that <laughs> but the reality is that's what the industry was accepting. And sometimes if you want right. to keep working, you can be stubborn or you can try to adapt. Right. Right. Man, she I had said something. <laughs> she said Hi. something. Right, Breezy? Oh, yeah. Straight to the point. I mean, um, having someone of this, of this stature that can dip back and share. You know, it's the sharing that... Mm-hmm. Uh, brings the inspiration, the sharing that brings the knowledge, and so you know for the listeners out there that zone in, you know, so when they're zoning into this conversation right here, you know, they actually can plant their own seeds, water their own seeds, and watch their own seeds themselves um, develop and blossom, and so on and so forth, coming right from gut experience like this that Coco is willing to share it and so that's that's really royal that's really royal well and, and it for me I am um, my other half also does music so it it was interesting that we both were in the same house and our careers were taking different paths you got a rapper slash producer and you have a singer it's just mm. different Mm-hmm. Even to the point where I think he started to get the ding ding. Well, you know what? Getting older, maybe it's time for me to evolve and do something else. And mm-hmm. I think um, one of the issues I, I have noticed with a lot of my peers, they do not want to accept that it's time to, to change. Change is good and change is necessary. Right. And a lot right. of the people would rather down what they don't understand instead of try to get with it. I think right. Method Man is a, is a great mm. example of how mm. you can stay in the industry. And and I've seen Method Man go work with different people that ain't really out there, but it was somebody that was not from that, that era he was. They were the younger rappers. 
So you, right. you gotta mix it. You, you gotta get out there and you gotta, you gotta evolve. That's the name of the game, evolution. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, Redman's pretty good with that too, because I know he's worked with like yeah. EDM producers. Like, yeah, so there's a way. So, like you said, you can't be afraid of the new stuff because things are changing. You have to accept it. And so, like, I'm an old school hip hop head, like, to my core. But at the yeah. same time, there's still some new sounds and stuff that I appreciate. So, I try to work that into my music too, because there's no reason to just reject everything just because it's something different than what you grew up with. It doesn't mean that it's all bad. Right. But, yeah, or so there's a way to still do it. Yeah, and stay true to who you are. You're, you're judging how they dress. Or right. you don't understand. I, I literally used to call the kids with the tattoos in their face the dead people. Because that's what they look like. They look like zombies. Um, and I would tell my grandson, oh Lord, we gotta listen to dead people today. But my grandson <laughs> challenged me one day. He said, mm. if you listen... I think it's XXXTention. Yeah, yeah. He said, I'll listen to Method Man and Biggie. We both were mm. pleasantly surprised. Mm. So it's, you just have, you know, you just have to evolve. Um, otherwise, you're going to stay stuck. Right, because a, a name and a look can be totally misconstrued. A name of a, a rapper or a rapper, um, you know, so when people categorize because of a name or they categorize because of a look, um, what comes out of that person's brain can be totally different than what mm-hmm. they're anticipating. Good example, Little Dicky. He is dope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I watched this show and I, I, I just love him. And I, it's because he, looking at him, I wasn't expecting that to come out. Right. And then he was with all the little, when all the little came out. <laughs> little, little, yeah. little Virgin, little Ubi, little whoever. And they all came out at the same time. But, dope. Right. And I think it's something to be said about someone that, the younger ones that can do their thing and still do what it is that we, yeah. um, people my age, consider to be good music or good hip hop. Right, because my introduction to Lil Dicky was actually the collab he did with Snoop. So I knew he had been out, but I never actually listened to anything until it was like, okay, well, you got a song with Snoop. I'm going to go ahead and check this out, watch the video. And I was like, this dude is funny. And then end up watching the show later, just like you said, to kind of give a little background. So now I'm actually a fan. But yeah. I'm a fan. Right, yeah, and like you said, it's still like that merge. So yeah, if he had not made that song with Snoop, I probably never would have checked him out. But yeah, he knew like how to do the connect to tap into somebody like me. Like, all right, all right, if you respect Snoop, then let me see what you're talking about then. And see, the fact that I was willing to try something different, the fact that mm-hmm. I was willing to be led meaning I was willing to take direction. If after years of doing the music that I did, it got me to France, headlining a funk festival. Mm. Mm. I cannot tell you enough as an artist, an African-American artist that goes over to a different country. They are so appreciative of what we do. Mm. I was singing Bill Johnson, because I'm black, 
Mm. These people didn't know English, but they were singing it with mm. That blew my mind. But if I would have, if I never would have been open to the experience of working with other people and doing different things, I would have never gotten that experience. I would have mm. never gotten to make music with musicians. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day um, who I was watching the Amy Winehouse um, mm. documentary, and one of the guys I just did a record with, he said, you know, he's from England, and he said, you know, I just know Amy. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, like, to me, even though it wasn't Amy, it was just the fact that she talked to her. But right. that's how he <laughs> It brings us all together. Yeah. And what's really interesting about the genre of music that I do, funk, there are a lot of bands that are that are multicultural. Mm. You would like in the seventies, it was a lot of, you know, it was mm. a lot of uh, uh, African Americans, and they, and they dominated it. But right. now it's people all over Europe, all over the world. They really embrace funk music, and, it, and it's just been such an eye-opening, a life-changing experience. Mm. Man, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm so happy that you uh, shared your story with us and, you know, everything that you've been through. And this is, like, enriching for <laughs> anybody that's listening, you know, uh, yeah, to be able to share your story and people can pull from this and learn how to help craft the careers that they're trying to build. But, um, you know, before we get ready to close out, if there's anything else that you want to make sure that people know, and uh, you know, like where well, they can follow you, what you got coming up in the pipeline, all that good stuff. Please share. Well, my social media is Coco Butterfly, and that's just what it is: C O K O B U T T A S L I. Um, and that's for Twitter, that's for Facebook, um, and Instagram. I am currently working. Actually, the owner of Pup Night Records asked me recently if I wanted to do an LP of my own because mm. I've been doing singles forever. I do all my, everything I've done with them generally is singles. I, and house music and all that, I've done singles. Um, but this time they want to do my own project. And I have a couple of new singles coming out probably in about another month. Mm. Um, and I'm working on starting a podcast kind of reminiscent of Tiny Death. Mm. where we take artists and we have them do something live, but with different types of artists. So I'll be definitely um, sharing that information with you as we move forward. Okay, give us about 30 seconds, and it's on you. Oh, okay. Lady Lucy was a good girl. Then she got on with the wrong kind. Smoking, drinking, chicken, dim, sweat. Getting them high and robbing them blind. Every night she walked the long street. Why she working in the cold? Little Lucy had that dream, but she done sold herself. All she ever wanted was to be somebody, but she couldn't get right. All alone in these mean streets, every day is a battle, tonight is another fight. Pretty Lucy want to get high all the time. She done lost control. She done sold a soul, and this little girl is so. Here we go. All right. Yeah. All right. Opal sounds of Coco Butterfly. Yeah. I have, to, I have just a little story about that song. I had to record that song five times. 
some Russian guys and, and um, Russ did it for me. They did the music. Um, but I will say this. All the money I put into it and more, they paid me the majority of the, the, the fee they got for it. So it was well worth really? it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, honey, they gave me a big fuck. Yeah, that's my <laughs> one. <laughs> awesome. Yes. My favorite fuck night song. Lady Lucy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I just want everybody to know, stay positive, stay safe, um, and you can do it. If I did it, you can. <laughs> that was beautiful. We thank you so much for your time, your energy. Breezy, you got any closing thoughts that you want to share? Uh, yes, Coco. Now, you, you already know that this is just chapter one of the Coco Butterfly edition of the Music Marvel show, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so what this means is there are going to be additional chapters and volumes. So we want you guys to uh, continue uh, the the uh, to share what's going on, what has gone on, and and, and continue to inspire us. I will. Thank you so much. Absolutely, we appreciate you. <laughs> thank you guys so much. Thank you for having me. And no I, I needed to do something like this right now. Um, thank you so much. Anytime. Just like he said, we got to have you back. So this isn't one and done. But yeah, you're a part of the Music Marvels family now. And uh, we'll do anything we can to help you promote your music, your podcast, anything you got going on, we're here for you. Thank you so much. And I appreciate that. And I thank y'all for taking the time to speak to me. Somebody cares. Somebody cares. <laughs> oh, well, thank you again. That's right. Yes, you definitely do. Yep. Oh, my goodness. I feel so, so, so rejuvenated by that interview. And, man, that beautiful voice. She put something down for us right here, live on yeah. the show. How cool is yeah. that? I mean, how cool? that's cooler than cool. How, how much cooler can you get than that? That's cooler than cool. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I, you know... We just really appreciate her for sharing her story, her journey with us. And, you know, we just plugged in. Can't wait to see what's coming up next. So make sure that you follow her everywhere that she says she was because you do not want to miss out what she's got coming up. Follow her on all networks. Absolutely. And so, you know, we always make sure that we talk about what's happening in the industry and one of the newest developments is Roblox. The popular game that's mostly known, you know, amongst the youth, uh, they recently got into live music events. And so there was a pop star that had a performance on there, and it had 1.156 million unique players tuned in. The 166,620 people watching simultaneously at one point. You know, you know, the root is through the young folks. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Okay, because word of mouth spreads and, and emails and texts and whatever, and they get it done. Okay, yeah. they get it done quicker than any any huge organization can pay people <laughs> to get it done. They get it done quicker than that. Absolutely. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see how this plans out. So they've got a plan. They want to add more and more shows. And so it just provides all types of opportunities right now since everybody's looking for a way to get their music to fans digitally. Hmm. Let's check it out. <laughs> yep. All right. We're going to get back to the beat.
are back. You know, we were just talking about virtual music events. And, you know, we've mentioned before on the show how Amazon Music has linked their Twitch platform to be able to allow artists to live stream. And so now they've actually got a summer stage going. So where they actually have events that you can kind of tap into. And one of them this past week was uh, Duck Down Music had a summer stage show and it had Black Moon, Smith & Wesson, OGC, Helter Skelter, KRS-One, Talib Kweli, Static Selector, I mean, just tons of people. So I'm really, really excited to see uh, what other shows Amazon Music is going to host to be able to stream in live and, you know, they've got the chat going so you can communicate with other people who are watching too. So it kind of gives you that camaraderie as if you were actually a part of a live show. So, you know, it's, the possibilities are endless and very exciting. Well, you know, the music doesn't stop, no matter what anybody says. So you might as well get in where you sit in, and this thing is, is like moving like fast. Okay, so, but, but see, right here on this particular show, you get to learn, you get to absorb, because we bring it to you. So, you got to keep it. Yes, stay plugged in. And um, there was a recent study that came out that showed the difference. You know, times keep changing. And so over two decades, the number of songwriters it takes to produce a quote-unquote chart hit has increased by 67%. So the average number of songwriters in 2000 was 2.4 and in 2020 to 4. And when you look at the increase for the average number of producers, that went up to 20%. So it's funny that in order to make more mass marketable music, it takes more hands on deck. And I mean, if you ask me, some of it's a little more watered down than usual, but I think it's an interesting change or concept to see that there's more people putting their hands in something that probably doesn't have as much range as we used to see during that time frame. Well, on the outside, at the end of the day, it's still a business. Yeah. Okay. For those out there who are just kind of twiddling your thumbs, trying to walk through this thing, this business thing, it ain't like that anymore. So buff up, get your staff, have your meeting, and not just one or two meetings. You got to have them on a consistent basis so everybody on on the team is on the same page and make it happen. Indeed. All right, we're going to get back into some more beats.
right, it is that time. We thank you once again for coming and rocking with us, hanging out. It's been a great show, and man, it's just been a lot of fun, right? Oh yeah, it's a boom shakalaka. It's a real boom shakalaka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a spot, so you need to be texting, you need to be sharing, you need to be word of mouth, and you need to be just everywhere because you get your education right here. Right here. Absolutely. Mental degree just from hearing what the flow that's going on right here. <laughs> yep, and we're going to do it again, same time, same place next week. So make sure that you come back and join us again. Tell a friend, and we'll see you then.